So as our first example, let's consider the function f of x equals 3x minus 5, and let's find f inverse of x. Now, you can think of f of x as being equal to y, right? f of x is another name for y. I always say that I'm going to have that tattooed on my forehead. f of x is another name for y. It's the output of a function. So the y values are equal to whatever x was multiplied by 3 and then subtracting 5. So if we want, we can look at a table just to see what's going on. We have x values and then we take them and multiply by 3 and subtract 5. So if we had negative 2, we'd have 3 times negative 2 is negative 6, minus 5 is negative 11, negative 1, negative 3 minus 5 is negative 8, 0, 0 minus 5 is negative 5. There's our y-intercept, right? 0, negative 5, 1, negative 2, 2, 1, that's good enough, right? If we want to find f inverse of x, Our new input, our new x values, came from the outputs of the original function. So I interchange my inputs and my outputs, which is quicker to say x and y. Or if you'd like for interchange, you can just draw an arrow with two ends on it like that. So my new inputs for my inverse are the outputs of the original function. And then my new outputs for the inverse should be the inputs from the original function. Domain equals range, range equals domain. Domain of the original function is equal to the range of the inverse function. And vice versa. Now this does not give us a formula, it only gives us some values, inputs, and outputs corresponding to the other inputs and outputs. So we've interchanged the x and y. So what was an output is now an input. And our inverse function is that special function that takes every input and gives us the output that tells us what we started with in the beginning with the original function. So I want to find out the formula for that. Now, because an inverse function comes from interchanging x and y, that's actually the first thing we can do in order to find a formula for f inverse of x. So I have my original function, y equals 3x minus 5. I'm going to interchange x and y, and I can show that with the shorthand. I put, now I put x in place of y, and I put y in place of x. We haven't done this yet formally. So we're taking a formula, we're interchanging x and y. Now, usually our functions are y as a function of x, right? Now this is a new y, it's not the original y. We've interchanged the x and y, just like we interchanged the numbers. but. The the next thing I want to do is to solve for that y, just like I normally do when I want to write a function, a function of x. So I solve for y, and what's the first thing I need to do? I need to get the 3y by itself by adding 5 to both sides. So I'm going to have x plus 5 equals 3 times y. And then 
I want to get y by itself, and it's multiplied by 3, so I need to do the opposite of multiplying by 3, and that's dividing by 3. The inverse of multiplication is division, or you could think multiply by 1 over 3, right? So I have 1 third times x plus 5 equals y. But I would like to be more specific than just calling it y. That'll be helpful because remember how we interchanged x and y? What was x is now y, and what was y is now x. So it's very confusing to use x and y. So I want to be specific about what this y represents. This is the output of f inverse. It's f inverse of x. Actually, I don't need this x here. It's the output of the inverse function. Output of f inverse without the x. f inverse of x is another name for y. This is a special y value. It's an inverse of the original function. One third times parentheses x plus 5. Now let's go back to what we looked at with the Fahrenheit and Celsius. If we go to our original function over here, we have y equals 3x minus 5. The first thing we did to x was to multiply by 3, and then we subtracted 5 after that. So with the inverse, we have to do the opposite thing in the opposite order. So since the last thing we did was to subtract 5, the first thing we do in the inverse function is to add 5 to our input. And then, since the first thing we did was to multiply the input by 3, the last thing we do is to multiply our result of x plus 5 times the multiplicative inverse of 3. We multiply by 1 third to do the opposite of multiplying by 3 here. So my inverse function adds 5 to my input and then multiplies by a third. Let's look at it with one set of numbers. We've got a table over here. We know, for example, let's start with uh, this one. x is 2. When x is 2, our output was 1 because we took 3 times 2 is 6. 6 minus 5 is 1. If we take f inverse of 1, the input into f inverse was the output of f. So I put 1 in as an input for the inverse function. And I should get, what should I get if my formula is correct? If inputting 1 into the inverse is correct, I should get an output of 2, which was the original x that we started with, right? So f inverse of 1, I plug in 1 for x, and I get 1 third times 6, a third of 6, I don't know if you can see this, is 2. The input that we started with with the original function is the output of the inverse function. Now, common confusion with these, with these functions is to plug in the wrong kind of thing and expect a different result. So a common mistake would be to plug in 1 here and to expect to get negative 2, right? Because we see f of 1 should be negative 2. But this isn't f of 1. It's f inverse of 1. It's the 
opposite of F. It does the opposite thing. It takes you back to where you started. Now, again, there are going to be uses for this coming up when we introduce a new function. And it's a function that's often very confusing for students, just like inverse functions are, for the same reason. It's hard to keep track of your input and your output. So I'm going to say this a few times. With each example, we're going to try to keep track of what's the input and what's the output. The input of the original function was 2 x was 2, we plugged it into f, we got an output of 1. That output of 1 is an input for f inverse. We plug that into the f inverse function and we should get what we started with, 2. Now the uses of this are going to be more apparent when we um, move on, but for now just try to think of it as a puzzle, trying to keep track of the x's and the y's and to find the formula that undoes the original formula. Now, I promised I'd also show you what the graphs of these two functions look like. And the easiest way to look at the graph of a function and its inverse is to actually look at the data. So let's start with our table for f of x equals 3x minus 5. Our first x value was negative 2, and our output was negative 11. So if I go to negative 2 and down to negative 11, somewhere about here, and I identify the coordinates, I'm going to do the, the original input in red and then the output in blue. So I have negative 2, negative 11. And then the next point on the graph of f of x is negative 1, negative 8. So I go to negative 1, negative 8 right here. And I have to be careful where I write this. I'm actually going to put the coordinates in at the end because it might get in the way of my function's graphs. So negative 1, negative 8, and then 0, negative 5, my y-intercept of f of x, 1, negative 2, and 2, 1. And it's a linear function, right? Slope is 3, y-intercept is negative 5, and this looks like a linear function with a slope of 3 and a y-intercept of negative 5. Now, if I graph the inverse function, I can just use my interchanged x and y values. So I had the point negative 2 comma negative 11, so the corresponding point on the inverse function would be negative 11 comma negative 2. So negative 11 is over here, and then down negative 2 is about here. And I'm going to move my... There, there's my uh, negative 10 on the quote, x-axis. And so I have negative 11 comma negative 2 here. I'm going to put the, now the input will be in blue and the output will be in red. So we can see how they switched. Now I could do the same thing with all the other coordinates. This, the, the new input was the old output and then the new output was the old input. So I have negative 11, negative 2, just reading off the table though, negative 8, negative 1, negative 8, negative 1, and I'm putting my inverse function in red. Negative 5, 0, that's my x-intercept. Notice the y-intercept of the original function is the x-intercept of the inverse. Why is that? Because we interchanged y with x, right? So the y-intercept now is an x-intercept on the inverse. Negative 2, 1, negative 2, 1, and 1, 2. So if I draw, this is a linear function with slope one-third, right? If I distribute the one-third in there, that'll give me my y-intercept of five-thirds, okay? But you can see that there in between one and two. So I have this is 
my inverse function, like that. What's this point right here? Well, it's related to something very special about the graphs of functions and their inverses. Notice that f of x, I'll label here in blue, and f inverse of x is in red. And notice if I use a dotted line to represent the line y equals x, I have that dotted line there. And notice that these two graphs intersect at the line y equals x, don't they? And more importantly, inverse functions are reflections of each other in the line y equals x. Now let's look at it with, say, these two points right here. This was the point negative 2 comma 1, and this was the point 1 comma negative 2. So can you see why the graphs are reflections of each other in the line y equals x? Because the coordinates interchanged. And so what was going over 2 and up 1, going over to the left 2 and up 1, now is corresponding to going down 2 and over to the right 1. So you do the opposite thing in the opposite order. And that makes a reflection in the line y equals x because we interchanged y and x. You notice here this point is the point 1 comma 2. And that corresponded to the point 2 comma 1. If you look on the table, the point 1, 2 corresponds to the point 2, 1. Or you can just see the x and y values are interchanged, and I did that wrong. <laughs> this should be blue. My inputs of the inverse are blue, and my outputs of the inverse are red, just to help us keep track of what's going on. Is that right? No. <laughs> One more time. Inverse, right here, 1 is in blue, and 2 is in red. Just to see if you're paying attention to help me keep on top of this. It's confusing because we we switch, and also I'm trying to keep track of my colors. 2, 1, 1, 2. Make sense? We have a reflection in the line y equals x. With future examples, you're going to see these graphs again. So uh, uh, numerically, interchange x and y. Algebraically, interchange x and y and solve for your new y value, and that gives you your inverse function. Graphically, You're just interchanging the coordinates and sketching the graph in between them. And you'll notice you have a reflection of each other in the line y equals x.